Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Please remember that all of the information in this podcast episode is limited to general information only. That means the information is not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So you should seek the advice of a licensed and trusted financial professional before acting on the information. And before you acquire or apply for a financial product, please read the PDS or product disclosure statement, which should be available on the issuer's website. Lastly, please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future performance. Kate, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It's good to be back and we're just a few days before the end of the year, so it's quite exciting to be uh, hitting the airwaves now and just making sure you're on track for setting your financial goals for next year and uh, putting as much in as possible to actually achieving them because it's very easy to uh, write a few things down and shove it, shove it in the back of the drawer. So um, yeah, this is what we're going to try and have a short and sweet episode today just to help you uh, set your goals and get ready for the new year. Cool. Okay. So first of all, how did your goals for 2020 go? Yeah. So I think the goals change quite a lot, um, but I, I did have a look back at what I put on a Google Doc at the start of the year and I did manage to work towards most of them, mostly because I didn't actually spend all the money I'd saved for my mm-hmm. trip. Um, and I had a few jobs throughout the year and I mean, job, job um, seeker for a month or two before I I was working somewhere else. So that was fun. Um, I probably worked a little bit less because I was studying and because of COVID. Um, so definitely saving more, um, less super because I wasn't uh, working full time the whole year. So that's probably something I've got to think about next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely more in the emergency fund this year. So, um, and I think overall, I, um, in, in my goals, I said, um, this is where I hope to be at the end of this year pending no market movements at all because I couldn't really factor any of that in because I didn't know what was going to happen. So I I think I'm actually above where I hoped I would be. So all hmm. in all, pretty happy considering the roller coaster that's been this year. Totally. That's a great job. Well done. What about you? Um, well, I said, it, this was in 2019, I said, develop a budget and never forget to pay ourselves for the future and save for experiences like holidays. Well, obviously we couldn't do too much holidaying. Mm. Um, even though we did do a bit of like before COVID, we did, I think, a couple of weekends away, but um, that was good. Our budget actually got looser this year. So yeah. um, we had a much more strict budget in 2019 than we did in 2020. Um, we still had that kind of that pay ourselves first mentality. So um, in with the, uh, the mortgage now and, um, you know, all the essentials, we now also have, you know, we typically invest a thousand dollars a month at minimum um which is great to be able to do that but um you know that's a simple thing that we've been doing for years i noticed though i did actually turn off the calendar reminder for that (laughs) about a month ago so um we've been just i guess it hasn't been as like normally we have everything really structured in that regard Mm. but this year was probably a bit looser so probably didn't really hit on all of those and mm. um, one of my other which is more like a professional thing was um return to study and do some more accounting um and software engineering learning yeah did definitely did more software engineering this year um didn't do as much accounting work i don't really need to do that nowadays but um yeah so i kind of nailed the professional one there but um for the budget it kind of got a bit looser than normal uh, we still managed to save but probably not as much as we thought um we obviously bought a house this year, so that kind of 
put a dent in things. But overall, pretty good. So pretty happy with that. Um, okay, so I think you've got some really good exercises for us. And uh, when I say us, I mean me and the listeners yeah. to go through. Yeah, absolutely. So there's this great um, – it's a – non-profit I mean they don't charge anything but it's called year compass and I'll put it in the show notes but I've done it the last few years and they produce this booklet that has all these questions and prompts to think about at the end of each year and then sort of in planning for next year and it really covers a whole range of things and it it does get you thinking so um, I'll put that in the show notes it's worth doing but some of their I have some questions to sort of prompt yourself and think about your year. And I thought I'd include them here and I've sort of pivoted them towards mm-hmm. being about finances. I think they were six sentences about my life in 2020, but just so to make it relatable to here. So I thought I'd just share these here, but so going through these prompts and thinking about each of them and answering them. Mm. So six sentences about my finances in 2020, the wisest decision I made. So what was the wisest decision? Um, well, probably not to leave Australia <laughs> for safety, but um, that actually was financially beneficial. Totally. I mean, I've got that money aside now. Um, I, or maybe if we're talking more finances, um, not selling out in March when the market went down. Yep. Cool. What about you? The wisest decision I made. Um, yeah, I guess not selling out in March, but I ne- that never factored into my thinking. Um Probably from, this is, sounds funny, but actually paying myself a wage for the business. I never did that before, mm. um, like ne- never a consistent wage, but I've taken a consistent wage now and that was a, that's a really good thing because I think I, I needed to, not just from a financial perspective, but also from like a psychology, actually paying yourself kind of rewards you mm. and tells you that everything, you know, the business that you cr- created is actually a business and it's not just a side hustle. Yeah. So that was probably the wisest decision. Um, the next prompt is the biggest lesson I learned. What would that be? Um, no, it's a bit of a hard one. Um, I, I think I, I learned to take more risks this year and mm-hmm. push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, uh, yeah, I think that that was probably my, maybe the main takeaway for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm keeping it financial related, the biggest lesson I learned I would say that p- how easy it is for people to get complacent. Mm. So just seeing everything happen during coronavirus, how underprepared so many people were for something that I'm not saying a pandemic was predictable, but bad things do happen and how underprepared people were for that. I think that was a lesson learned. Um, you know, when we when you and I talked to people through the podcast. Um, we're talking to people that do want to do the right thing, right? Everyone, you're listening to this, you want to do the right thing. Mm. But there are so many people out there who just don't even think about it until it's too late. So that's a big lesson learned, Um, not necessarily for me personally, but just kind of thinking about that broadly. Uh, The biggest risk I took. Oh, that's a good one. What You just said, you know, what what risk? Getting comfortable with risk. What's the biggest risk you took this year? I think... Quitting a job in the pandemic. Um, I don't think I've spoken about this on the podcast. No. After I wasn't going on my trip and then I was made redundant, I was, I, I took a job at quite a large uh, financial, global financial firm, and I was there for three months and it was just not the right environment for me. I, I felt like a robot. 
Um, and it just, it, it wasn't the right place for me to grow and develop. It, it wasn't going to challenge me. So after three months, I surprised them all and I um, handed in my resignation. Um, and uh, that was definitely a, a risk. Um, but totally. I think it has worked out. Yep. Well, now you're part of the furniture here at Rask. <laughs> it's very good. It's a great risk to take. But it is. Swapping jobs at any time is a risk. Mm. Sometimes the best decisions are made when things do seem like the most dark out. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of uh, – this is a business analogy but or anecdote. A lot of the best businesses, Microsoft, Okta, which is another software company in the US, started during the, the depths of depressions. You know, when it was totally against the grain to do it and mm. they did it. And I think from a personal perspective too – Sometimes it does take something like we've just been through to realize that it's okay to take risk. Um, but I mean, you're, I think, yeah, credit to you. You took a risk. Um, I hope it pays off. I think it will. <laughs> so the next one is the biggest surprise of the year. Dot, dot, dot. What was the biggest surprise of the year? I think the whole, like, COVID. I mean, mm. didn't see that happening. That was a complete surprise. It took everyone's plans and sort of, Spushed them into a little ball and threw them away and everyone had to sort of figure mm. out everything again. Um, that was probably the biggest surprise and I guess the market crash that went with that and then the very quick recovery. Yeah. <laughs> that was quite a surprise. I was like, oh, it blinked and it's gone. Yep, yep, I would agree. Obviously, COVID's a pretty big thing. Um, totally. Uh, maybe the biggest surprise on that was how, when it comes to the biggest surprise, how in some countries and even in ours here in Australia, how some people believe that being like socially um, isolating was like against their like human rights and mm. then like their identity as people. I think like, yeah, I, that surprised me how some people could like, it just, I just found it so bizarre that people would, they were saying there's legitimate crisis going on here and people would be out there like rallying against the government for doing that, for making those decisions mm. to try and control it. That's so that's bizarre. That surprised me. Um, <laughs> Okay, the most important thing I did for others. That's a really good question, really good prompt. What's the most important thing you did for others? I think, um, I mean, I spent quite a bit of the year, like this isn't a financial thing, it probably just sort of takes time, but um, helping my nan out quite a bit this year, um, sort of caring for her because she was all alone during COVID um, and I was sort of the nearest family member, so just sort of like me and my sort of mum doing a lot of stuff like that. Um, But maybe if we bring it back to the like the world of finance probably hopefully making this fire course that um should have come out by now as we're recording this yep um by the time we record this it should be out if it's not out it'll be out very soon so that's a great one um the most important thing i did for others wow maybe i'm so vain i didn't do anything for others um i honestly don't know that's a really good question. I'm going to have you to employed people during a pandemic. We, I mean, you yes. created jobs. Yeah, well, we've taken on, yeah, another probably three to five people um, in the last few months. So that's great. That's an important thing. Um, I think maybe if I could be so vain, I would say that I hope that during coronavirus and when that fallout was happening, um, I told people not to panic Mm. and I said to people, don't worry about the forecast for property markets. Everyone was preaching doom and gloom and I was saying how important it was to still be invested and call out people that were 
you know, advocating for everyone else to get out of the market because it was so easy to play on that fear trigger. So maybe that's something important I did for others um, mm. from a financial perspective. The biggest thing I completed, well, Kate, what is the biggest thing that you've completed? Oh, oh. I mean, I had so many plans for this year, but I was hoping I'll finish my like road trip around Europe by now. But I think maybe I went back and did some tertiary study this year and that was a pretty big step for me doing a five-hour exam and I hadn't done an exam really since high school. So that was a pretty big step for me. Mm -hmm. um, what about you, Owen? The biggest thing I completed this year, I mean, uh, from a financial perspective, it would have been like from a all in, all in all finance perspective would have been turning around the business. That was mm. not close to impossible, but we did it. Um, but the next best thing, the biggest thing from a financial perspective is obviously buying a house. That was a big event. Um, it was a good event. It was exciting. And I think if I had any advice for people would be don't become emotionally invested. It's such <laughs> a hard thing for most people to do. Yeah. Even those people closest to me were more invested than I was, but that would probably be it. So, yeah, I think that's, those are some really good prompts, six prompts to kind of reflect. Um, and now we've got a few more. Yeah, so I might just run through these. Maybe we yeah. won't answer them so we can keep this short and sweet. But the other one is six questions about my finances during 2020. So think about what are you most proud of? Mm -hmm. Who are the three people who influenced you the most? Mm-hmm. And then what were you not able to accomplish? What is the best thing you've discovered about yourself? And what are you most grateful for? I think I had a double up. There. <laughs> I might have pasted this question twice, but if you go to the link um, in the show notes, there's the free resource there so you yep. can get it from the horse's mouth. Yeah, but it's a great – both of these exercises are brilliant, mm. um, especially the, the three people who most influenced you. Yeah, and um, it's, a, it's a good idea to think about right. things that aren't just the numbers because a lot about our finances is influenced by everything around us and the people and the community mm. and what we're doing in our jobs and our – hobbies so it's really good to think about it more holistically than just this is my budget this is how much I'm going to invest each month so mm -hmm. um, I think that's a really good exercise to do before you start setting your goals for the next year but now we'll run through some sort of some tips for creating your goals and an action plan to achieving them for 2021. Cool so I mean everyone has different goals so some it might be paying down debt others might be investing for the first time might be buying a house. It might be convincing your partner to do something. How do you prioritize when you have multiple goals? I think, I mean, we're both used to having multiple short, medium, long-term goals, but um, write down everything you want to achieve and then sort of categorize it into the short, sort of up to a year, medium slash intermediate, sort of maybe that one to three, four, five years, mm -hmm. um, depending on sort of how you're thinking about it. And long-term, for some people that's five years plus, others take an even longer view and maybe think of their long-term goals as that 10-year-plus time frame. Mm. Um, so really depending, I think as a young person, long-term goals are more maybe that five-year-plus category. Yep. Um, but maybe uh, for you it's sort of starting to become a more 10-year-plus time frame it's a little bit easier to have a longer time frame once you've got a bit of perspective i think yeah so short term up to a year might be say paying down a two thousand dollar credit card yeah intermediate might be like buying a house yeah. if you're a first-time buyer a long term might be like i don't know if you're a couple you're in your 50s 
having a million dollars in retirement by the time you hit 65, mm. something like that. So those are that's three easy way, or three groups or buckets that you can you can put things into to try and categorize what's important, and then prioritize from there. Um, but I mean, it's easy to listen to this podcast, Kate. What if they, if people have these goals? Like, what are there any steps people can take to just maybe crystallize them a bit more? Yeah. So I think once you write them down and you've worked out what the categories are and then you've actually prioritized what's most important. I think you've kind of got to pick one of them in each category to be your overall priority. Mm-hmm. Um, I think too many short-term savings goals and too many medium, like it, it gets too yeah. cluttered and confused. Like saving for a house plus um, maybe a, like a big overseas holiday plus maybe saving for a baby at the same time, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, so like you can have different savings accounts or investing accounts and keep them going, but I think you have to choose one overall priority for each category. For sure. Um, and then once once you've worked out what your priorities are, it's working out an action plan to achieve them. So maybe your short-term goal over the next 12 months is to pay off $5,000 of credit card debt. And how are you going to pay that off over 12 months? Can you split that 5000 over a 12-month time frame, what does that look like each month? And in your budget, is there room mm. for you to carve out enough money to achieve that? And if there's not, is there any way you can increase your income? Are you able to start a side hustle? Are you able to sell some things? I don't know, do some gardening in the local community, anything. Um, so you might work out you need to put away $500 a month to paying off debt. How are you actually going to get that $500? So you out? can kind of... You can have your goals, short, immediate, intermediate, long term, and you can match strategies to yeah. deliver on them. Yeah, and I think the short terms, the short term goals are more just about the numbers and just like tw- I've got twelve months, I need to pay off five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. How much is that each month? How am I going to get that money and pay it off? Can I automate that? I think that's very a much more straightforward thing. I think once you get to those medium, long term goals you've got to change a lot more things. or more habits. Yeah, yeah. incorporate a lot more. Like saving for a house deposit now, like a Melbourne, 20%, that's at least like 100 grand, what are we talking about? Um, And so that's a massive goal, saving that much money. So that's going to, that might be a a five-year goal um, between one or two Mm. people and you're going to have to change a lot more things to get towards that goal and the plan's got to be, much bigger and it's got to be sustainable over a longer period of time because you might be able to um, sacrifice a lot to pay off a quick goal or save five grand in a year. But if you're trying to save a hundred grand over three to five years, it's got to have a different approach. Yeah, totally. So, and I do like this. I think the most important thing for you to do if you're listening to this is just use Kate's strategy, go away, maybe sit down with your partner if you have one. If you don't, do it by yourself. That's totally cool too have your your three categories or like lists mm. put the the goals in there maybe have like a, a time around that as well and then cate- like then prioritize one so yeah. pick one um, particularly in those mid intermediate to long term goals how about Kate I know you're a fan of um I know you do this in your own financial life um particularly with your investing <laughs> so how you invest um what's one strategy that people can use to make, to do the heavy lifting for them. Yeah, I think I'll bang on about this point until the cows come home, but automate as much of you as you can of your mm. goals and your financial plan. Anything that's going to help you end up in a more positive place, automate. If it's something that's going to leave you worse off like Apple Pay and being able to spend really easily, 
I would make that harder. Um, so hmm. positive end result, automate. Negative end result, uh, don't automate and put some put some friction in there. So um, whether that is for you, you've worked out that debt payment, can you automate that direct debit each month to pay off that credit card or can you automate a BPAY transfer or if you're saving the money in for in your travel funds, I mean, it's a bit weird to talk about travel right yeah, now, right now yeah. um, but maybe you want to go to Tasmania. So you want $1,000 by next Christmas. Can you automate that so each time your paycheck comes in, a set amount goes straight into that and you don't even have to look at it over the year. It just slowly accumulates and you get to the end of next year and boom, you've got your $1,000. Yeah, it's so good. It, it automate Automating your finances and even your investing to some extent, automating it is kind of one of the keys to compounding in the 21st century, I think. Yeah, and you um, don't even notice super important. it. Yeah. Like I've had a, um, I've had an automated investment going f- since 2017 of $300 a month and it's just slowly sort of snowballed. And I, I looked at it the other day and I was quite amazed at how far I'd come compared to where I started with just $1,000. So that was quite like amazing to see the reality of that over a few years because it does take time to see the effects of automation. It might only be $5 here or like $100 there, but over a multiple years, you really start to go, well, this has had an amazing effect mm. on my goals. And also not everything can be automated. I mean, a lot of brokers, you still have to make manual buy and sell orders. So if that's the case, um, automate the money that you want to invest into a set savings account. So you could just do mm-hmm. that as soon as your pay hits um, or if you get paid sort of on an ad hoc, just manually transfer the money. Straight um, away. And then, yeah, just straight away, just get it out of there, get it out of your mm-hmm. site. And then you've got that investment account. Maybe you've got $2,000 and you're ready to buy your next share or ETF and you put an event in your calendar. I think if you can't automate it, put an event in your calendar. Otherwise, it never happens. Yep, I have a calendar reminder. Uh, I've got it right here in front of me. We have um, business goals. Uh, my goals, partner's goals, and then like group goals as well. Mm. So we've got that all in there um, and it shoots through a message every every month on the 1st. So I should, we're recording this on the 30th, so I'll get this tomorrow. Um, and it's just a little reminder just to check on and on yeah. things and, and track your progress. Um, this is a really interesting thing that you've put in our discussion points for today, Kate. You said get accountable for your success. Can mm. you explain what you mean? Yeah, I mean, I think it's not enough to just write these goals down and put a plan into place and automate as much as possible. I think you need to have people in your court that can check on you and say, how are you going with those goals? Maybe Mm. for you that's a partner, um, it's a parent, it's a sister, it's a close friend, and you actually ask them every month check in with me and see if I've actually uh, hit my target for the month. Have I done this is there someone you can talk to I mean there's even programs online where you can find an accountability buddy or you can um, huh. um you can put a hundred dollars up and if you don't reach your goal and make prove prove it the money gets donated to charity oh, right. um so there's all sorts of ways but I just think finding someone in your life that can keep you accountable um it really helps and like finding someone that you can even just talk about your finances with is a major help in your personal finance journey cool. um, and, and maybe even that's an accountant or a financial advisor for you if you've um, if there's someone you can talk to I think it's just having someone checking in and checking on your progress and making sure you're accountable to your financial future self yeah cool 
That's great advice. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay. Can you, I'm guessing a few of these are still forming for you, <laughs> but do you have any money goals for 2021 that you've already laid out? Yeah, I think I probably will go through this whole exercise that I mentioned, the year compass booklet, um, closer to the end of the year and actually work out. I mean, at the start of this year, my financial goals were quite specific. They were like, this automation will happen each month and therefore this account should end up with this much money. Um, so that that quite helped me because I could see a very specific target mm -hmm. and overall end result. Um, I think for me, my money goals next year, um, I want to keep learning more about share investing, um, less a less random approach yeah, maybe. The dartboard approach. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think I, I just like trying lots of new things and trying all the new apps. So that sometimes gets me distracted from the overall point. Yep. Um, so I think a little bit more focus would probably be my main word for 2021. Um, and yeah, I just think um, investing, I'm going to keep going with my ETF robo-advisor, keep adding money in a quarterly basis there, um, still putting money into my managed fund each month, um, investing in some direct shares. Um, I, like, I, I like the idea of getting an apartment, but I mean... I think that's more of a, careful, a like. <laughs> I just got carried along with all of Owen's excitement this year. So maybe I'll, I'll put some more money away for a potential future house deposit. But um, I, I still think that's a while away. <laughs> yeah, right, let's talk about that before we, uh, before we get to that big one. Um, cool. For me, it's probably just going to be more accountable with um, – actually making the investments at a set time. Yeah. So with our service, I buy all the shares that are in there. Mm. But I can only buy all the shares if I've, you know, I've got money available. But yeah. I'm going to make sure there's money available. We're actually um, like the house that we bought, as people know, is a fixer-opera. And um, we've, we've sunk a fair bit of money into that already and we will continue to do so while it adds value and makes it livable. So that will be done early next year in 2021. Mm. And then it's just going to be back to the stock market. Like everything yeah. is going to be... 100% back into the stock market. So I'm super excited for that. Maybe, you know, the way we're currently thinking is that we'll probably be able to holiday in 2021 in Australia. Yeah. Um, I think that's already on the cards. But in 2022, then that's kind of when we're preparing for maybe we can go overseas. So maybe that's something I for mean, you too. Yeah, that would be the dream. I might, uh, yeah, maybe it might get, I get to do my six-month trip. Maybe it might be a three-month trip by the time we get to 2022. Yeah. Depends how enthusiastic I am. Yeah, and that's that's something that people can work forward to as well. That for yeah. us, that would be an intermediate goal. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we're doing. Um, from a business perspective, what's going on behind the scenes is probably um, going to be super exciting. Mm. And, well, it is going to be super exciting. We've been working on it for so long and it's kind of – you know me, I'm like one of those people that if there's something done, I want it done yesterday. <laughs> and um, these courses, particularly your course, which has been brilliant. They're not uh, overnight. They're not overnight successes. <laughs> no. So um, we've got heaps of courses that we're bringing to people this year. Um, and they're not just from us, mm. like not from me, not just from you. There's others in the team who are contributing to them. But then there's also experts from other, you know, um, I guess, sectors or other uh, fields of finance that are coming to the the platform to give their wisdom yeah one of the big ones being in property obviously we don't talk about it that much on the show um so we'll be having some more content around that so please keep an eye on for that and that um, could be an excellent goal for you when you're yeah. setting your 2021 goals um adding some financial education maybe you want to read one financial education book 
um, during yeah. 2021 or complete one of our free courses. I mean, there's a lot of resources out there and I think education is just an important money goal as the actual saving itself. You know what could be a really cool little goal for people is trying to ask us or get us to answer one question on air. So if you're the type of person that's like a passive listener to this, ask a question <laughs> because it might just give you the buy-in you need to, you know, to get things rolling. Yeah. Um, no question is silly. So ask us and we'll help you out with that. Um, and it might be, you know, reaching out to other people. It might be just talking to someone about your finances, asking someone, hey, do you want to do this together? Do you want to learn about this? Do you want to come to an event? Do you want to yeah. – that can be a very easy win for you and those things snowball because – that feedback loop from like that positive reinforcement gets shorter and the shorter it is, the easier it is to build a habit around that. So Yeah, and once you start talking to people who are comfortable talking about money, you realise it's not actually that scary to talk about and yeah. it can be fun. <laughs> totally, yeah, it can be. And it's good if you, you know, if you want to have a family, if you want to do whatever you want to do, if you want to help your friends or your family members or your children, come and learn this stuff. Mm. You know, the basics you can pick up pretty quick and then you can you can move on with. Speaking of, I'm um, talking about like how we're going to help you a bit more in 2021. Send us your um, your recommendations of books. Send us your, your ideas for episodes, for guests. Um, you can reach us, um, podcast at ras.com.au, but you can yep. just find us with any of the contact forms on our websites um, or on the, the Facebook group that we've got going on. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe even ask a question there. Yeah, yeah, and that would be great. If you ask a question in, in the group, you know, there are plenty of smart people um, and including some guests that have been on the show yeah. that are actually in the Facebook group. So you never know who's going to answer, which is pretty cool. Um, is it, have I missed anything, Kate? I think we've kind of wrapped it up. I mean, I hope that you are able to spend a few hours reflecting on the year that's been and your financial highs and lows, the progress you've made and also sort of get yourself sorted and set up for next year. Automate as much as you can, find someone to help you keep accountable and I really hope you do have success during 2021 achieving your financial goals and um, yeah, hit us up, know, let us know how you go and we'd love to hear. We're definitely sharing a lot more listener stories throughout 2021 and um, mm. if you do something crazy like pay off 50 grand of debt, or um, invest for the first time or have a kid and sort of set them up financially, let us know. Let us know how you do it because you're living and experiencing things that we haven't done yet or we may be able to help you in some way. So, mm. um, or at least someone in the community might too. So, we want to hear it all. Cool. Well, happy new year, folks. <laughs> happy new year, Kate. As always, thanks for joining me, not, on this, not only on this episode, but thanks for the year. 